Thanks for downloading this week's episode of Seen and Heard, available every Tuesday on iTunes. To listen and subscribe to this and other great province podcasts, search iTunes or simply visit theprovincepodcasts.com. Happy listening. This podcast is brought to you by The Province. This is Seen and Heard with Province music writer Stuart Durdane. Hello, this is Stuart Durdane with Seen and Heard, and today we have a special edition of Seen and Heard. Periodically we get a chance to do this, and I'm pleased to say that we got to chat with hip-hop legend Akon, who's in Vancouver at the Harbour Event Centre on Wednesday, September 16th. And yeah, we are just chatted about his music, his uh, visionary plans for bringing power to Africa, and more. been so long, long, long that I haven't seen your face. I'm trying to be strong, strong, but the strength I have is washing away. It won't be long, long before I get you by my side and just hold you. Let's get right to it. You're on tour. You're you're back in action, and uh, I've got to ask you know you, you've released one track each from the sort of five part concept album uh, Stadium, but uh, mm-hmm. what I'm wondering is it's you know seven years is a long stretch in between albums. Did, was did it just take that long to put this together, or did other things? No, actually, it, uh, no, it didn't take long at all. The album was the original Stadium album was ready to be released 2010 around the World Cup. Right. Um, but unfortunately, there was a lot of changes happening within, the, you know, the industry and the Universal Building with the mergers mm-hmm. and people getting laid off and so on and so forth. So it kind of stalled my release, and I wanted to make sure that the infrastructure at the building was stable before we put out a record. And then in the process of that happening, I got involved in my uh, other business, which is the energy side of things with Acon Lighting Africa. So right. I spent a lot of time in Africa putting together that infrastructure while along the same time, uh, cre- you know, pretty much strengthening, you know, Convict Africa, where we put out African artists that we signed out of Nigeria. Right. So I was focused on the label, dealing with Akon Lighting Africa. And in the meantime, Universal was still in a position to try to, you know, kind of reorganize after all those mergers and different acquisitions that was going on there. Of course, because you so could that, have... All of that played a role, but in the process of all that, the whole brilliant idea of putting out all these albums all came about through a digital release, right. you know, to create an idea to where I can reach out to as many fans as possible. You know, came, you know, the idea came about in the process of all that happening, you know? Sure. And I guess part of that is yeah. just, as you say, with the changes and the, and the mergers and everything else, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine that an artist with as many sales and as, as much, uh, you know, pull as you've got would still find themselves caught up in it. But I guess that's just the reality of the business today, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the business side that no one ever calculates. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because people forget this is the music business. Yeah, we give you music, but there's a business side that's attached that fans don't normally have tribute to information like that. So they wonder why certain artists take forever to drop or some never come back out again. Or just, you know, different reasons for why there's a stall or a pause in certain people's careers. Mm-hmm. So in the end, we, so now we're looking at five separate albums, is that right? So there's like Stadium Euro, Stadium Pop, Stadium Urban, Stadium Island, and Stadium World. Is that the plan? Yeah, and Stadium World, yep. Okay, so 
How many songs did you have to write to get? <laughs> I mean, just how much well, material? Well, it's, it's ten songs on each album. Wow! So it's a full, complete album for each genre. Wow! And and okay, what's yeah. when are they dropping? What's the what's the plan? I know you've dropped a track from each so, one, but yeah, so they're they're all, they're they're all dropping on the Stadium app. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. So people thought at first, okay, how is this impossible? I was going to drop four, you know, five albums off the top. So what's happening is there's a Stadium application that's going to be released next month. Nice. Um, you can look at that page to register to be, so you know to be to be registered to actually get the app. Once you down, once you register to get the app, when the app releases, it will automatically download to your phone. That's crazy. When that app, when you open the app, there will be four albums available to you immediately. It's going to be the 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 um, the Island album, the World album, the R and B album, and the. Uh, 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 what's the name album? Yeah, um, right. Reggae yeah, album. The reggae album. Yeah. Hey, could you do this? Yeah, so you got, so Island is reggae. The world music is all African type music. Right. Then you got house, which is the Euro. The Euro type. one. And, and, and then you, yeah, and then you have urban, which is all the hip hop sure, stuff. Sure. And then the pop. So one those as well. four you to immediately. The audience can choose which one of those albums they want to unlock first. Nice. So um, could, you, could you do us a favor and repeat ahead. that URL one more time because it, it kind of crapped out when we were talking there. So I'm just where where, where can people find the stadium app to to sign up for it? Oh yes. So on you you can log on to acon.com to register to get to to download the app. All right, man. That's great. Just yeah. you know, moving on. It's like you know, you've been known as the king of guest appearances with three hundred plus and counting. What do you think? What is it? Do you think that makes you so in demand for artists from so many different genres to to drop a line or two on one of their tracks? Well, I mean, we was blessed to be in a position where we were we had worldwide success, you know. So with that, I was exposed to so many different genres because I grew up on it, and I was always attracted to just good music, regardless of what the genre was that I just ended up working with so many artists. And I always felt like the best way to expand your brand is to unite with other people that's big in other areas to help expose your own. You know what I mean? Hmm. So it was because of the love of music and also the strategy from a business standpoint to expand the brand, you know, that I had for Akon. Sure, sure. Now you, of course, you know, as you say, you are a businessman, but also a businessman involved in charity type stuff. So let's talk about the Akon Lighting Africa project. Now, first thing I wanted to clarify is, I've seen numbers ranging from you. Your goal is 600 million African homes to a million, either of which would be incredible. But what is, what is the organization doing and, and how, what is your goal that you've, you've got set for bringing power to various um, people in different countries? All right. So, and you're absolutely right with those numbers because when we first initially started in 2013, the goal was to reach a million homes. And then we exceeded those million homes in less than six months. So we said, okay, if we're in a position where we can move this fast in Africa, because we had put together a, a, like an all-star team, all-star infrastructure, and we actually was moving at lightning speed, getting so much done so fast, we said, okay, instead of just doing a million homes, let's get all 48 countries that's in necessary of need of light throughout Africa before 2020, which mm-hmm. ends up around out to be 600 million people throughout that area. Wow. Now you've yeah. been doing things. I, I, you know, when I did, was doing my research, there's things like you've got a solar farm in Mali. Um, I guess you're working on. You know, you've you've done some stuff. You said I think it was Ghana was another one you were looking at and things like this. So, what is it that makes bringing power to to other parts of Africa or to more people in Africa uh, so essential in your eye to to sort of developing the country and developing people's lives? Well, the one thing I know. I- as far as development, you can't develop any country without electricity. Hmm. And this is the main reason why Africa is still like 10 years behind on development because of the fact that they have so, such a huge problem when it comes to electricity. 
the lack of electricity there is what stalled and halted the development over there in Africa. So when you think about building industrial buildings, hotels, restaurants, just basic roads, I mean, if you only have street lights, I mean, at night you can't go anywhere. So it's like without the electricity, it's hard to advance any country. And I want to be in a position to be able to help the development of Africa altogether. But the things that I would like to do, nothing could be possible without the electricity. So we've decided to focus on electricity first. And I suppose that that also, I, I know we have a former colleague here at the newspaper that uh, went to Africa to teach. And he said that um, for, for he was in uh, inner Ethiopia and said that um, a couple of solar panels and stuff just to power the cell tower enabled access to education in a way that had never been there before. Um, Absolutely. So I guess this is sort of, so, okay, so what do you do, your organization? Do you seed the money and then, or, or, or find corporate partners to mix in with, or, or how is this process accomplished? Well, yeah, so just to give you a, a great idea, it's a for-profit business. It's not a charity. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so just to, so you that way you're clear, but the idea is because it's doing such good things for people, it's, you know, it's framed as a charity, how, you know, people look at it because mm. it's just a, such a great, you know, uh, you could say initiative. Um, but the whole idea is to be able to empower the locals, give them jobs, train them to be able to install and also maintain all the product once it's up. You know, so if you, a prime example, when you look at it now, just in, in Guinea, Conakry alone, we have over 1,200 employees that work for us in just one country. Wow. You know, but then we realize the more contracts that we pull in and the more countries we have to electrify, the more people we will need to be able to educate and train for the process. This is why we started building the solar farms and the solar academy starting in Mali, which will be able to ship, uh, you know, locals to those, uh, to Mali, educate them on the solar panels, installation process, the maintenance process, and then send them back to those countries where we have those projects. And they will in turn train the locals in those areas to be able to build a bigger employment farm there for us. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. And yet you still find time to make music and, uh, and sign artists and Oh, yeah, the else. music part of it, that's automatic. I mean, as I'm talking to you now, a song is popping up in my head. I can't really run from that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. you, know, you know, I look at music has been, it's like, it's, it's a love that really, it's, it's like the, the most annoying hobby that you love. Hmm. You know what I mean? I got you. Can't you. run from it. Yeah. So, so you're saying Convict Africa is like doing their own thing and signing artists, which we're. I, I'm excited to hear anything coming out of yeah. Africa that's new. At the, the, yeah. So with the Convict Africa, I mean, it's been amazing. You know, we've signed artists like Wizkid, uh, P Square, Davido. We now represent uh, Debange for an album or two, uh, and we just kind of just bringing the, you know, just kind of opening up the audience in a, in a way to where and exposing them to music that they normally wouldn't expose on a normal basis. And I think the Convict brand is large enough to be able to make that distinction and is a, is a you know, a reliable and trusted brand for, you know, for people to want to take a look and click on each one of these artists just to hear what it sounds like. And then from there, once they listen to it, I know they'll be sold. Nice. Do you think the day may come when you'll be able to bring some of these artists on tour with you and, and expose them that way? Oh, too? yeah. That's the goal. You know, the goal by 217, 218, I would have enough... Uh, you know, engagement and, and, and audience power to be able to like put together a real Pan-African tour all throughout America and Europe. Right. Now, you've performed in Africa before, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's my biggest market hands down. Sure. And it's, and it's a huge, yeah. and it's a massive market too, isn't it? <laughs> like, huge it's, market. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's fantastic. So, you know, you also played a, a role in the career and, and rise of Lady Gaga. So, you know, tell us how that connection came about. I've always wondered what the, what the backstory was on that. Yeah, so I mean that that was always I always looked at it that one as, as a blessing, man, because 
when I first signed my deal over at Interscope, um, I came in with Cardinal Official and um, Kobe O'Donis. And uh, Jimmy had a, a group of, uh, he had a, a roster there that he was, you know, about to pretty much let go. You know, artists, uh, labels drop artists every certain, so, so often sure. just to kind of lighten the load and get the overhead to a certain level. And she just happened to be one of those on, on that roster at the time. There wasn't that much energy being put to her. So me and Red One, who was a producer that I had just signed, you know, around that time, we were working on the Pussycat Dolls, and I had caught a writer's block and wasn't available to, you know, come up with anything. And Red One just happened to know Gaga, who was actually a, a writer. So I was like, yo, bring her in, let, let me co-write with her. And when we put together Just Dance, you know, seeing her in that booth to sing it, it was one of those things, like, I was like, this chick is a star. So immediately I wanted to sign her. So when I reached out to Jimmy IV and I said, listen, there's a girl that I want to sign that I want to add to, this, to my, you know, my imprint. And when I told him who it was, he was like, oh, my goodness, this, this would be a great marriage between the two of you. But just so you know, she's already on Interscope. So let's just do a joint venture between the two of us. She goes through your brand. We make it happen. And ultimately, you know, he wanted to speak with Troy and Vince first because they were um, attached to her project at the time. So we all came together, did a joint venture. They put her under Con Live, and we put her out. And it's been history ever since. That's fantastic. So yeah. given, you know, and now, of course, the other thing is, you know, the, what's the one place where we, we haven't seen enough of Akon yet uh, is, is, of course, you know, Hollywood. But you've been fixing that, too. So what about this uh, remake of the Steve McQueen classic, uh, 1959 classic American Heist? And, and what are your Hollywood goals? Yeah, well, you know, I'm a producer on that one. My, my goal actually is to go, you know, kind of learn the business a little bit more. All the films that I'm attached to, I just came in as a producer that way I could be behind the scene of it, understand the business aspect of it, maybe play a small little role within it just, you know, to show my affiliation with each film. And eventually I want to be able to do that full time, you know, do movies and then also be able to produce and record the soundtracks to each one of these films along with scoring the music in the film. So take on all the musical aspects of the films that I'll be producing, you know, and I always wanted to kind of do that because I always felt like how music played a very important role in these big films. You know what I mean? The music brings out the emotion, it brings out the energy, the action, everything, you know? So that's the role I pretty much play in all these films. So we do American Heights, Black November, you know, took in all these films that we came out with, you know, past year has been, you know, pretty much very exciting for me. And I want to do more of them. Okay, so five times nominated for a Grammy, but you don't have one yet. So is that still on your bucket list, along with an Oscar and a few other things? Just as, as no, actually, I never really cared about statues, honestly. Hmm. You know, I never, I never ever cared about awards. So I, my, my my award was always the, the longevity that I had in this game and the, the the crowd and the audience, like their reaction to certain things. Like when I look at my Facebook and see 52 million fans, I don't see no award that can give you that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's a, it's a different look for me. Like, I always knew that those kind of things were so political, and who, I mean, you, you never really meet the judges. You never know who's putting it together. You know it's all attached with the conspiracies of all these record companies and how they, uh, you know, leverage each other to make certain deals happen. So I never really looked at those things as legitimate when it comes to talent because the audience don't lie. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And uh, the audience yeah. is going to be showing up at your show. Now, this is it. You're entering your second decade, you know, and I'm wondering, what are you going to be, what, what can they hope to hear in your performance? 
Um, I mean, you know, like for the, for this particular tour, it's, it's more like a it's just like a huge party. So I'll be amongst the crowd hanging out with them, and of course, there's going to be some people that come out and say, "Yo, do this song, do that song," and I'll be glad to go up and pretty much do it. So it's really more so, uh, an, uh, an, uh, you could say, an opportunity for me to really get to know my fans and then to really get to know me as who I am as a person rather than a performer. Right on. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk yeah. to us too. No, absolutely, man. Thank you very much, buddy. seen and heard special edition with Stuart Dardane. Uh, for to listen to this and all your province podcasts, go to theprovincepodcast.com and we'll be back at our regularly scheduled time on Tuesdays. Ciao now. You've been listening to Seen and Heard with Province music writer Stuart Dardane. Catch Stuart in the Province newspaper or online at theprovince.com. <laughs>